Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Daniel, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Daniel chapter 9, beginning in verse 20, saints, if you're there, say amen. Now I was speaking, Daniel says, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, that's interesting, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me, and he talked with me, and he said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplication, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter... And understand the vision. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. If you have been with us, you know at this time, Israel is in Babylonian captivity. Seventy years of captivity. Why? Because simple as this. Well, idolatry. But more importantly, they are in Babylonian captivity because they fail to give the land the rest in the seventh year. They fail to keep the Sabbath year rest as it relates to the land. You might remember God told the people seven days in a week, you, you got six days to work, and on the seventh day, I want you to just hang out and rest to people. This was God's command. Well, that command to rest as people also was a command that applied to the land. God said about the land, God said to the farmers, God said, hey, six years of farming, you can work the land. But on the seventh year, they were allowed and were supposed to give the land rest the Sabbath year. That's kind of cool. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. That was a whole year off in the seventh year. They didn't have to do anything. And I'm in the rest. Thank you, Lord. I'm into rest. Well, I don't know why they didn't do it, but they didn't. Well, I know why, because they were greedy because they wanted to harvest more and get more produce and get more gain and get more grain. And so they didn't obey God as it relates to allowing the land to rest. This went on for 490 years. I'm going to give you a lot of numbers tonight. This went on for 490 years. So there was there were 70 Sabbath years that they failed to allow the land to rest. And so God said, you owe me 70 years. 
And God said, I'm going to get my 70 years. I'm going to get paid back. I'm going to send you into Babylonian captivity for 70 years. And this way, the land will certainly rest because you'll be in prison, if you will, in Babylonian captivity. So if you back up just a bit, if you back up a bit, go ahead and do it now. Look at verse 2 and verse 3 of this chapter. You will see here in verse 2 and 3, actually it's 1, 2, and 3, particularly verse 2. You discover that Daniel was studying the book of Jeremiah. Particularly, Daniel was studying Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 11 and 12. If you're taking notes, write that in your margin. He's studying Jeremiah 25, 11 and 12, and it reads this. And this whole land shall be desolation and astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon for how many years, saints? Seventy years. And then it will come to pass when 70 years are completed that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, says the Lord, I will make it a perpetual desolation. Daniel is reading Jeremiah's prophecy here in 25 verse 11 and 12. And then get this. He goes a little bit deeper. And he found Jeremiah 29:10, which says, for thus says the Lord. After how many years, saints? Seventy years are completed at Babylon. I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. So while Daniel was reading, he began to do the math and he realized it's time to go home. We're at the end of the Babylonian captivity. So Daniel got down to business. What did he do? You read the chapter. He started seeking the Lord. He started praying. He started fasting and seeking the heart of the Lord. And while he was praying and while he was fasting, verse 20 tells us he's praying, he's fasting, he's confessing the sin, asking God to return the Jews back to their homeland. The man Gabriel shows up in human form. And notice this striking to me. Gabriel shows up in human form and he doesn't give Daniel the magic glasses that are able to read the hieroglyphics on gold tablets that supposedly Moroni gave to Joseph Smith. He doesn't do that. This is a bona fide visit from a bona fide angel to give him a bona fide plan for the future of the world. The 70 weeks of Daniel's prophecy. Now, don't miss this. Tucked away. You can't miss this. Did you notice? Daniel came to talk to God about one thing. God said, that's not what I want to talk about. Daniel came to talk to God about 70 years of captivity and that we're at the end of it. And God says, Daniel, I want to talk about 70 weeks. Not 70 years. God says, Daniel, I'm going to show you more than you can have ever dreamed. And so Gabriel flies down, cruising in and says, Daniel, I've been sent by God to give you a message. Notice in verse 23. So consider and understand in verse 24, 70 weeks are determined for your people. Underline that. And for your holy city, underline that. 
to finish the transgression. Here are six things. To finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore in verse 25 and understand. See, God wants us to understand prophecy. I remember we were preparing to teach the book of Revelation. I remember telling some pastors, hey, we're going to teach the book of Revelation at that church. Really? Yeah, on Sunday morning, we're going to teach the book of Revelation. Why? I said, why? Because it's in the Bible? Well, I mean, but, I mean, nobody understands it. And I mean, it's so, you know, mystical and there's so many different interpretations and nobody can really understand it now, Rodney. Come on. I said, no, that's not right. The Bible says you are blessed if you just read it. You are blessed if, if the book of Revelation, you are blessed if you just read. It doesn't say, if you don't understand it, that's okay. You will be blessed if you just read it. See, God wants us to understand prophecy. Again, as we understand prophecy, it just confirms our faith and confounds the critics, but confirms the Christian that Jesus is truly who he said he was, and he's coming back just like he said he would. God wants us to understand. Know, therefore, verse 25, look at it again in your Bibles. Know, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the command, this is huge, from the going forth of the command to restore and to build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood. In other words, it's going to be a wipeout. Until the end of the war, desolations are determined. Stop right there. Give me your attention. This is an amazing prophecy, as I said. But before we deal with this amazing prophecy, there's two things let me just point out to you that are very, very important. Notice who the prophecy is addressed to. Will you look at it again in verse 24? Notice who it's addressed to. Your people. That would be your people Israel. And notice also to your holy city. So this prophecy is about Israel and the holy city of Jerusalem. Another thing to note, it's for a set period of time. Notice it says in verse 24, 70 weeks are determined. The word determined means to cut or divide. So all of human history, there is set aside a period of time, 70 weeks to accomplish certain things. It's almost like God, this is God's day planner. God has a day planner and his day planner has 70 weeks. And this is God's, you know, God is keeping appointments. It's almost as if he's checking the things that are going to be done within a certain time period. Now, I want you to notice that Gabriel said 70 weeks. This is very important to understand the word week, because when we see the word week, what do we think of? Seven days. 
That is not what the word here indicates. The Hebrew word for weeks is Shabua. If you're taking notes, S-H-A-B-U-W-A. That's the Hebrew word, Shabua. And it means seven. The Hebrew word for seven is Hepta. H-E-P-T-A-H. Hepta. A Hepta, listen, a hepta is a unit of measure much like what we would think of a decade. A decade is what? Go ahead, yell it out. Ten, you all know that. Or we might think of a dozen. A dozen is how many? Twelve, right. So a hepta is a unit of measure, and it means it is seven. Okay? So to the Jewish mind, a week could mean... A week of days, or it could mean a week of seven years. So what is it, Rodney? Well, now listen, it's really simple. Whenever you come to in Scripture, hey, let's just change this. not church. This is Bible college, okay? This is seminary, all right? Whenever you need to know the correct interpretation of a word or a concept in the scriptures, you need to go back to the place of first mention. This is how you determine. We're not to choose, and we don't get to just say, well, I think it means this. Well, I think it means that. Well, if that's the case, then we can think it means anything we want to think it means. But when, if you want the correct interpretation, you need to go back to first mention in seminary and theological terminology. This is called the law or the principle of first mention. And so we find this first mention of weeks so that we can determine, is it seven days or seven years? If you're still with me, say amen. All right. We find the first mention of it in Genesis chapter 29. Let me just set the whole chapter up for you, okay? Jacob falls in love with a beautiful woman named who, saints? Rachel, you know that. And he wanted to marry her. And so Jacob, get this, listen, he goes to her father, Laban, and he says, hey, father-in-law Laban, he says, I want to marry your daughter. Laban said, great. Laban was kind of shysty. That's a whole nother sermon. But Laban said, great. Work for me for seven years. Cool, Jacob said. So he rolled up his sleeves. He went to work for seven years. It seemed like a short period of time, the Bible says, because he loved Rachel. I love that statement. Hey, I worked seven whole years. And it seemed like seven days or something because he wanted Rachel so bad and he just, it felt like a short period of time. I, I like that. You know, single sisters, if some guy wants to get married, you want to get married, I'm getting married. Tell him, say, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, if you love me, you'll work for seven years. That's what you do. Oh, I don't know, in the days, in the days, Guys, it's like, you know, if you love me, work for seven days. Just have a J-O-B. Maybe if you could just show me that you are employed. Something. It's crazy, it's crazy out there. It's a cruel, cruel world. It's a cruel world. 
So, so get this. So Genesis 29. So at the end of the seven years, the wedding begins. The bride is dressed. She's veiled. He takes the bride into his tent. They consummate the marriage. He wakes up in the morning and he's shocked because a woman lying next to him is not Rachel. It's her, her older sister, Leah. Now, Leah, her name means sore eyes because when you looked at her, she gave you sore eyes. True. She was hurting for certain. Hurt, hurting you. Hurt me. <laughs> so Jacob goes back to father-in-law Laban and he says, hey, father-in-law, I work for Rachel, not for sore eyes. And Laban says, listen, man, he says, we've got a custom around here. The older has to get married first. He says, Jacob, he says, I'll tell you what, I like you. He says, I'm going to let you work for me. I told you this guy was shysty, didn't I? You know, he said, I'm going to let you work for me for another seven years. And then in verse 27 and 28, Jacob said, fulfill her week. That would be seven years. And we will give you this one also for the service which you will serve with me still another seven years. And Jacob did so and fulfilled her, what, saints, week. And he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife also. So we can clearly see when Laban said fulfill her week, he wasn't talking about seven days. He was talking about seven years. The law of first mention, very important. Now, it is interesting that Jewish scholars, the Mishnah, the Talmud, all speak of weeks of years. In fact, if you have a revised standard version of the Bible in your laps or maybe even at home, go check it out. But it actually says concerning these verses, it says 70 weeks of years in verse 24 are decreed concerning your people and your holy city of Jerusalem. So 70 weeks equals 70 periods of seven years. This is important. 70 periods of seven years. If you multiply that, you will total 490. So here in Daniel, a week refers to a seven-year period of time. So 70 weeks is 77-year periods of time. 70 times 7 equals 490 years. God said, 490 years are determined for your people and for your holy city. And at the end of those 490 years, notice six things will happen. Verse 24. Notice the first three have been fulfilled at the first coming. And the second three will be fulfilled when he comes again. Notice in verse one to finish the transgression. This is what's going to happen when, when, when things are fulfilled. When the 490 years are fulfilled, this is what's going to happen. To finish the transgression, when Jesus returns, there will be an end to rebellion. Notice what else will happen. There will be an end of all sins. On the cross, Jesus bore our sins in his body. There will be reconciliation for iniquity, number three. Now, this word reconciliation, if you're taking notes in your Bible, in the margin, write the word atone. A-T-O-N-E, atone. 
to atone for iniquity. The Hebrew word for atone, atone is kofar, kofar, K-O-F-A-R, kofar. And it means to cover. See, in the Old Testament, their sins were covered. They were not taken away. Their sins were covered by the blood. Now, the Bible says in the New Testament, when Jesus died for our sins, his blood blotted out the handwriting on the wall that was against us. So therefore, the blood of Jesus now takes away our sin. He doesn't just cover it. So when the time is fulfilled, you want to notice there will be a reconciliation or there will be a, a, an atoning to cover over Kofar. You see, Jesus didn't come to give us a bunch of nice sayings. Jesus didn't come, you know, isn't one of the, the, the ascended masters, to, 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 you know, to, to help us in our lives. The Bible says that Jesus came to deal with the sin issue. Jesus dealt with the iniquity or our sin completely and fully on the cross. He was the perfect atoning sacrifice for sins. And that's why in the book of Acts, it says there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus and Jesus only. Boy, I love that statement in Matthew. Where it says they opened their eyes on the Mount of Transfiguration and they saw Jesus only. I love that. No other name given among men whereby. No other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved in the book of Acts. So Jesus took away our sins, the reconciliation of iniquity. That's what's going to happen. The next three deal with his second coming. Notice there will be an everlasting righteousness in the kingdom age. All nations will be judged and governed by righteousness. The vision, notice number five, and prophecy will be sealed up. There will be in the kingdom age and in the end times, there's going to be the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And, and, and the most holy, notice number six, the most holy will be anointed. In other words, gave Gabriel says, Daniel, good stuff is going to be happening. Iniquity will be forgiven. Prophecy will be fulfilled. And Jesus will be anointed and received as king. And sin will be covered and atoned for and dealt with. Gabe says 490 years have been determined for the Jews until the Messiah comes. Notice to establish the kingdom of God on earth. So then the question remains, when does the 490? 90 years begin. Stay with me. When does the clock start ticking? When do we start counting? Verse 25, saints, look at it again in your Bibles. It says, know therefore and understand that notice from the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince. Notice that. The day that the 490 years begins is from the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. And on that day, the 70 weeks begin. Now, history. There were four commands given to the Jews to rebuild. The first time was given by King Cyrus, the Medo-Persian king. Ezra chapter 1, read it in your own time. The people were to rebuild the temple. You want to notice, not the city. The second time was with King Darius, Ezra chapter 6. They are to build the temple again, not the city. The third time was given by Artaxerxes. In Ezra chapter 7, 
He told the people, as you go back, start the temple sacrifices and the services. All of these commands deal with the temple and their services. But notice this. One final command was given to go back and restore and rebuild Jerusalem. It's found in Nehemiah chapter 2. Don't turn there, but write this down. Very important. Nehemiah chapter 2. The Jews were in captivity in Babylon. And Jerusalem was lying in ruins. March 14th, important day for you to remember. March 14th. 445 B.C., Artaxerxes says, Jews, go home, get out, rebuild and restore the temple. Zerubbabel, Ezra, Nehemiah, they led groups of people back to Jerusalem and they began to restore and rebuild the city. And it took them seven weeks. Now, remember, one week equals how many years? Seven. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.